The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's going on, everybody? Eric Franson, AJ Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, and however you may be following along. Busy show for you today. Earlier this morning at 11 o'clock, Blake Anderson officially introduced. Well, I guess the press release really came out on Saturday, but uh, official press conference. Official, official. Where uh, he could address the media and answer the questions. Then later he did a QA and uh, a on Facebook. Um but uh, Blake Anderson, the uh, former coach at Arkansas State, now the new head football coach at Utah State. And if you missed it, we'll have some of that audio on our website. Yes. A little bit later on. Yes. I don't know if it's there yet. Working on it. But uh, it'll be there. Um, and then even still, if you missed it, just keep listening here because we're going to be talking to Coach Anderson in just a few minutes. Uh, we'll get a chance to ask him some questions about his first couple of days in Logan. And uh, some of the things he brought up in this press conference and Q and A, which by way, I thought I thought he was phenomenal. Yeah, he thought I, he did a great job, and he he fits the Cass Valley mold: faith, family, football. He wants to connect. Like uh, his main goal is to win a conference championship for the Mountain we're, uh, for the Utah State Aggies. But he also want he feels like the only way to do that is to connect the community. With the football team, the football team with the community, embracing it together. I, I am so excited after hearing that press conference about the way uh, and the plan that Coach Anderson has for the Utah State football team here in the future. This is this is really really cool. Uh, I'm a I'm a big faith guy. I uh, am very religious in the uh, LDS things of life. Um, I love my family, and I'm a diehard football guy. Let me rephrase: I'm a diehard Aggie football guy, and so this this fits in perfectly uh, for me. So yeah, Coach Anderson will be joining us here in just moments. Uh, excited to be able to hear from him. But again, I, I can't tell you like to hear faith, family, and football. Uh, in, actually, in he said faith, family, and fun. To be to be clear. Okay, yeah, because yeah, he did say football. <laughs> he is said fun. fun. Was a big component. running an offense at Mach nine with your head on fire does sound fun to me. I'm all in for that. Yes. Yeah, so uh, let's follow up on that and get a little bit more details. Coach Blake Anderson joins us now here on the Full Court Press, uh, formally introduced earlier today, and he joins us now. Coach, thanks for your time today. Hey, Coach. Hey, how we doing, guys? Hey, we're doing great. I know you've had a very busy couple of days. Uh, are you? Uh, is it starting to settle in a little bit, or is it still just a whirlwind for you? Well, the first I probably won't remember much of the first six months. To be, I, I seem to recall that, that when I made the trip to Jonesboro seven years ago, that you just kind of come up for air one day and you're like, "Wow, I've been we've been we've been rolling for six months or so." Uh, so it, it's a little different being being the second time, not the first time, I guess. So I feel a little bit more comfortable at it, and people have been great trying to trying to help get us acclimated. Uh, but uh, man, I love it. I enjoy it. it. It's good. To, it's good to be here. And I'm sitting here looking out my window, and the snow coming down. Could not be happier. Yeah, the weather. Uh, <laughs> Did you say you're happy along. about snow? I mean, come on, coach. Yeah, I mean, uh, the first real snow of the season uh, when you arrive. So uh, it's uh, just in time. <laughs> I love it. There's 
we've had slop in Jonesboro twice in the last seven years, but we haven't had actual snow. So yeah, I'm, it's not a prettier sight. I'm looking out here and it's, the field looks great and it's just kind of coming down. I, I, I'm enjoying it. Uh, Coach, the uh, candidates for this job were high. It was a very high amount of people who wanted to be the head coach of Utah State. I can't imagine uh, the amount of text you got to want to be on your staff here at Utah State. And you announced some of your staff today. Can I ask you what that was like? And you said in the press conference today that you were very uh, deliberate and that you were specific to what you wanted on your staff. What was it like selecting those guys, especially uh, a stranger to this place who uh, nobody knows about, Chucky Keaton? Well, yeah, number one, you ask about text messages. I told the guys that were with me, had 862 text messages in, in the first day. Once it became uh, public that I was, I was taking the job, uh, and, and I'm so OCD, I can't stand that little number on your phone that shows you haven't read it yet. And so I have been working my way through, finally got down to zero unread text messages over the course of the last few days. So it, uh, it, it's, been, it's been crazy. You know, this is a great place, and people want to be a part of what's going on here. And I'd like to think that I've built a re- reputation for treating people well. That was, uh, that was one of the things that uh, I just always promised. My wife and I talked about when we finally – if we ever get the opportunity to, to run our own program, that we're going we're gonna to make it where people don't want to leave. And so we've done that. And so we've had a lot of people want to be here. In terms of building the staff, they're guys that uh, either have coached with me, coached around me, I've watched, I've learned with or from, and then also you know just maybe some guys I've interviewed in the past for potential openings and, and didn't have the opportunity to hire them then, but – they really impressed me in the way they did their job and the way they interviewed. So I kind of kept a short list. And a lot of it has to do with what's, what fits this particular place. Not everybody you know, fits here in, in what we're going to be trying to do. So there's some guys that I potentially would hire in Jonesboro or, or in, in, you know, somewhere in, on the East Coast that, that here in Utah with uh, just the environment and the culture and the people and then the West Coast that we'll be using to recruit, you know, that, that plays a big part. And, and it's you know, it's one of those things that I, I do need to be strategic and deliberate about building a staff that is diverse in every aspect, that knows the footprint that we're going to recruit, that fits what I want to do on both sides of the ball, and also fits my personality. And I heard you guys talking about faith, family, and fun. That's the brand of football we want to be. And that's not for everybody. So we, we want to make sure those are the kind of people in, in the building. Coach, as you were talking about uh, assembling your, your, your uh, coaching staff, um, any uh, has there been thought about retaining anybody currently on the Utah State staff for continuity purposes or recruiting or anything like that, or just because you think they'd be a good fit? Yeah, and kind of working through that now. I, my my goal is to have a few that are able to stay. Uh, interviewing a few guys here in the last couple of days as well, just to kind of get to know them. And some some young guys that are still working around the office. Um, not sure that that you know how many of those positions will be will be possible. I'm trying to. You know, trying to make sure that I listen to the kids, the players, give guys an opportunity. But at the at the same time, you know, there comes a degree of comfort in terms of making sure you're on the same exact page, that you're both in line with what your philosophy and your thought process is moving forward. So it's always a challenge. Hiring people, especially people you don't know, are is the biggest challenge, I think, uh, or one of the biggest challenges of being a head coach. And, and uh, so I want to be I want to be smart about that. I do expect that there'll be some, a few familiar faces when it's all said and done. 
um, but uh, but not exactly sure who those will be yet. Coach, it's no secret that Boise State's been the top dog of the Mount West Conference and that the road to Mount West Conference Championship goes through Boise, Idaho. How do you instill the confidence in your kids and in this community that uh, with you and your staff that you do not go onto the field intimidated by the Boise State Broncos that you intend to compete for a Mount West Conference Championship and will do so? Well, I'd like to think that, you know, just looking at my track record where I've been, really not just at, at, at Arkansas State, but even beyond that, passed through. You know, everywhere I've been, we've we found ways uh, to win. We we won uh, championships at lower levels, a national championship in the junior college level, conference titles at the non-scholarship level, conference title at Southern Miss, top 15, uh, coastal division title at North Carolina, and obviously two championships at Arkansas State. Every one of those leagues I went into, you know, there was somebody just like Boise that everybody thought couldn't be beat. None of us were none of us were the guy. We were all trying to earn our spot, and so I've been through that. It doesn't surprise me. I've played them before, and I know Coach Harson does a great job. But uh, we'll stick, to, you know, we'll stick to our core principles. We'll start building this thing up. Don't know how long it's going to take. Don't know the plan in terms of in terms of day or the time. I just know this: if we'll stick core to our core principles and we'll work the way we're willing to work, we will be competitive. And, and you know, I just told the fans this morning: just be patient. Give us a little bit of time to start figuring out what our roster looks like. Start recruiting to fit our our, our philosophy. And, and we will we will be competitive in this league. And, and the, the standard is to win championships, regardless of what has or has not happened in the past. Our standard for ourselves is going to be to win championships. And yes, that means we're going to be able to beat those guys head to head, which we plan to do when uh, when we can build this thing the way it's supposed to be. Any extra motivation that it's Brian Harson over there? <laughs> I like Brian. I don't have an issue with him. Just so happens I, just, just so happens I followed him into Arkansas State. And uh, he left me a couple, you know, a couple uh, explosions there, uh, just friendly explosions when he left that I had to clean up. But uh, that wasn't his fault. That's part of part of transition. <laughs> uh, we got uh, some message here into the program uh, asking us if, you know, how do you f- or how are you going to go about recruiting this late in the ball game? You know, the early signing period is coming up here real quick. Um, and well, just where how do you assemble what's already out there and, and try to retain that? Well, for one, we we we've talked to the guys that are committed and trying to figure out numbers. And with this COVID year and seniors coming back, that's crazier than it's ever been. I promise you. I think people just need to uh, kind of expect this. It's probably not going to be a big, big signing class. It, it is late. We don't want to rush and take somebody that doesn't fit the culture that we're trying to create. We don't have a lot of spots. A lot were already used by the previous staff back in August. So this is really going to be probably a pretty small signing class. Transfers don't sign NLIs and are not announced on signing day, and there are potentially some transfer-type possibilities uh, with people that know that we're coming that want to be a part of what we're doing. So I would say don't expect a ton of flash on signing day. Uh, it's really not the first signing day that matters. It's the second, third, and fourth. And so we're going we're gonna to honor uh, every scholarship that we can. The ones that we can't, we're going to try to find – an opportunity for them maybe either either later in the recruiting process or even uh, somewhere else if need be. Try to retain as many seniors as we can. Get our guys out of the transfer portal that we're thinking about leaving. Spent all night on the phone with those kind of guys last night. And then little by little start piecing together uh, what we need. And, and so I would say, you know, don't panic in this first class. That's probably the key. Learned that my first time around. Probably took some guys that we shouldn't have that first year at Arkansas State, we're going to be a little slower paced this one. 
but we will ramp it up and make sure that this time next year that we are super competitive in the state and in the key areas that we need to be. I think that's a better measure of our recruiting abilities is what do we do this time next year. Coach, your meeting with the players was posted for all to see, and i got to be honest, it made me want to run through a wall for you. Uh, can you talk about the relationship? You got that- any else built left? <laughs> five two one one thirty. I don't know if I'm able to do a lot for you, but I can I can definitely a, hold a place kick. Make it a foam, and I'll be I'm in. Uh, but can you talk about the relationship that you've built with these players in that meeting alone? I've heard nothing but raving reviews about you, uh, about your your conversation with them uh, and how you've been able to relate to them so well during such a trialing time. You know, I think really just what I try to do is just be open and transparent. Uh, I don't, I consider myself somebody without an ego. I just I try to come in and, and try to get all the walls stripped down and out of the way. So just, you know, grown men can have grown men conversations. And, uh, they're going to always hear the truth from me. They won't like it sometimes, but uh, I was very open about who I am, my past, some of the adversity that I've been through that's brought me here. Uh, and, and that, you know, I really can't change the past, the issues they've had with previous coaches. The issues they've had with administration, you know, even the environment and cultural issues that maybe some of them have been frustrated with, all I can do is listen and pay attention and let them know that my goal is to create the best culture and environment for them possible. And that starts with honoring God with how I do my job and, and treating everybody equally. We talked about inclusion. We talked about equality. We talked about diversity. And I talked about that today with my staff. And I also know they're not going to trust me for a while. They, they've been burned a little bit. They've had people tell them things that didn't come true. And My job is just to be consistent every day. Uh, so I, I think not putting pressure on them to expect that uh, they're just supposed to walk in and automatically they trust me and, and snap to attention. As long as they give me their respect and they'll try and they'll give me effort every day, we'll get to that point down the road. And I, I, want to, I think it was kind of a breath of fresh air for them. I don't think it was what they expected to hear. And I, I think they saw a guy that was vulnerable and transparent and just here to roll up his sleeves and go to work. And, and I felt like that the energy from that was really, really positive. And the few guys I've had in my office in the last few days have, have told me the same thing. So I like where we're at. I like where we're headed. Um, and I think we can salvage, you know, this program and, and not, not see everybody run for the hills and, 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 uh, and turn their backs on it. And it's really my goal is to try to keep as many of these guys in the house, in the program, and build on what we have. Another thing that really thrilled the uh, people listening to your press conference was your uh, willingness to be a part of the community. Can you talk about some of the ideas, the plans you have to bring football into the community and to uh, bring them together? Well, when COVID ever you know lets us kind of do some things that we want to, it'll make things a lot easier. Uh, you know, we'll obviously have open practices as often as we can. You're going to see me and the staff out and about in the community. I mean, we're, we're not afraid to go sit in a restaurant and eat and say hello to folks and take a picture here or there or, 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 or just have a conversation. Uh, you're going to see us in church. Uh, you're going to see us at, at community ball games on the weekend. And, and you know, I, I've done some crazy things in the past. You go back and, and look uh, at, uh, at, at my time at Arkansas State. I've, I've been known to stand on the street corner and hand out tickets. I've driven through drive through restaurants and hand out tickets and, autograph footballs and a ball cap here there just man we're, we're going to be out and about we're going to be a little different and we're, we're, we're going to laugh at ourselves a little bit we'll try to have a social media presence that maybe is a little unique as well just want these people to know that we're invested in the community and that we don't just expect them to invest in us without us doing the same 
And so everybody that I have on my staff will 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 know that as well. We've got to we've got to get back. And maybe down the road we can do some uh, opportunities here in the stadium when COVID is not such an issue, and, and whether it be some some camps or some uh, maybe a play day type environment. Uh, anything you can think of that that lets us give back to the community that gives to us. Again, we're talking to Blake Anderson, the new head coach for Utah State University, and coach. Uh, well-known. You're well-known as an offensive-minded coach, lots of points, a uh, high-octane offense, uh, high-paced. But I think there's been a fair number of questions about what do you want to do defensively? What kind of defensive game plan do you kind of prefer? What kind of a defensive strategy do you like to put together for your teams? Yeah, for us defensively, it really it kind of ties in just to the team picture. When, when you look at the last 27 years, of my career, we kind of went back and studied along the way. The two things that impact a football game more than anything else are explosive plays and turnovers. And so what we need to do on offense is obviously not turn the ball over, and we need to create explosive plays. And obviously you mentioned just how we go about doing that. Uh, you are, and to win championships, you've got to be able to run the ball and stop the run. So defensively for us, if we want to impact turnovers and explosive plays, then we have to create a defensive style that can can dictate to the offense uh, and really control the quarterback. So it's going to be about turnovers. It's going to be about tackles for losses. It's going to be about sacks. We'll be multiple between the three down and the four, two, five. We'll slide between those two based off of what personnel we're seeing. And then we are going to turn guys loose and let them get upfield. We're, we're, you know, I think a lot of what they've seen defensively has been a lot of three down front with a lot of reading and two gap reading type stuff. This is going to be about letting fast guys run fast and be violent, and we're going to we're going to be competitive in the back end. We want to attack the ball and be competitive in the back end, which will be you know some man coverage at times, some some multiple looks to disguise simplest sim, simple for us look complicated for the defense. I think that's kind of the formula. We want it to be simple for us, look complicated for the defense, but speed and violence in, in terms of defense, and, and I think that. That allows us to generate new opportunities for our offense by getting them the ball back and create pressure for opposing uh, offenses as well. Coach, uh, last thing for me, I know that uh, you, you you touched on this, You know some personal things in your life, a lot of personal adversity in the last 18, 24 months or, or more. Um, that's uh, trying for anybody to go through. Um, it, and it seems like from what I've heard and what I've read and certainly re- watching the press conference that your former athletic director, uh, a press conference that he had, a lot of your motivation to make the move from Arkansas State was just to give yourself a new environment, a new scenery uh, to kind of move on from some of the pain of, of the trials that you went through. Is that a fair assessment? Does that seem like it was a pretty good place that you were in in Arkansas State? So, so are there are a lot of people surprised that you would move to Utah State uh, and which may seem like a little bit of a lateral move. Well, I, I don't. I mean, we're both in a group of five, and we're both programs that can win. So, in that sense, uh, lateral move. I, I, I did feel like it was time for me to to start fresh. You know, I, there's a lot of images there in my head as I drive through town, and uh, you know, hospitals and doctors' offices and funeral homes, and and uh, even a house that that you know that that my wife. It was really it was hers. Everything about it was hers, and, and I loved it. You know, we've we've grieved and 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 we're never and I'm never going to forget her and I don't want to, but there's just some images that that you deal with every day that that are not pleasant memories. They're not the fun 
smile, laugh memories. They're, they're hardcore memories that, that, that kind of shake you. And so to some degree, yeah, it, it was, it was hard to live in the community anymore because those were the things that were kind of not allowing me to, to move forward. But I would have not left there for a job that I didn't think was a great job. I, I felt like this was a no-brainer job, a great boss that I've had two really close friends work for that absolutely loved working for John. Uh, both Neil Brown and, and Matt Wells are two of my closest colleagues in, in this profession, and they absolutely loved working for him. I played out here, come out here on vacation and, and skied and snowboarded at Park City. Uh, I was in the Mountain West at the University of New Mexico for four years, so I've been all through the league. I just felt like it was a place that I would absolutely love coaching and spending my life, but I also felt like it was a place we could be successful. And I thought what we do and how we do it is gonna is gonna do awesome here. So as much as it's a fresh start, and I desperately felt like that was needed, you know, uh, for me and for my for my family, I also knew it was a great opportunity as well. And I think the guys at Arkansas State, I think they'll benefit from from some new energy too. They've been through that adversity with me. They, they've been walking through every step along with me and they deserve to get out from under that and be able to move on as well. So I think it comes at a great time for both. I think both programs will flourish because of it. And I mean, like I said, I couldn't be happier to be here. I mean, this to me is a phenomenal new, fresh challenge with great people at a place with unbelievable tradition and history. Well, well, the timing is fortuitous because you're not the only one that's looking for a fresh start. Uh, kind of a <laughs> challenging time right now for Utah State Athletics. Uh, last question before we let you go. This comes from a, a message on our text line. I uh, wanted to ask if you like to go for it on fourth down when needed. <laughs> Absolutely. We take an aggressive, a calculated but aggressive approach on fourth down. And so, yeah, we you'll see us. We'll see us uh, challenge folks and. and and go for it on fourth down. A lot of analytics involved in that, a lot of calculated thought throughout the week as to what we feel like is, is strategically uh, in our favor. But, you know, with the tempo that we play at, especially with the speed that we play at and the run game that we're going to have a lot of confidence in, that's something that we have been known to do. So defenses need to be prepared to play on fourth down. Hopefully we don't need it. Hopefully we convert on the first three. But <laughs> if, we do, if we do, then uh, as it as it fits our strategic plan, yes, we, we will, and uh, and have been pretty successful at it in the past. Hey, thanks, Coach. Greatly appreciate you. Wish you the best, and welcome to Logan. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. That's uh, Coach uh, Blake Anderson, officially introduced to Utah State today. Uh, you can go back and listen to it here on our on our website, 1069thefan.com. Appreciate his time this afternoon. Busy day for Coach Anderson. Very busy weekend and just flat-out time with recruiting and early signing period right upon us. So, uh, we're going to call a timeout here on the Full Court Press. When we come back, some additional thoughts about the announcement today here on the Full Court Press. Love to get your feedback today after you heard from Coach Anderson, officially introduced. 435-339-0321 here on the Full Court Press. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Andre Salveson. That was fun. Yeah, he's good. Hey, uh, I, I could be a good place kicker holder. Like, <laughs> You're about the same size as the. If, if, the but if, if, I, if kick I'm the kicker, of. like, I can't even see over the freaking lineman's head. I'm going to kick it right into his butt. It's not going to go well. So, if, hey, if you need me to be a placeholder, 
I'm like a five star recruit, according to Madden. <laughs> five star recruit. <laughs> Uh, those five no. stars stand for something else. <laughs> no, it's, uh, you know, I thought it was great. It was a uh, really well spoken, great answers. You know, the the staff thing kind of interested me. Just you know what it was like because the amount of candidates that were interested in the job was was incredible. But and then being the head coach who gets the job, like then your phone starts blowing up, right? From like friends, uh, coaches, coaches, friends, people who say, "Hey, you owe me a favor," you know this or whatever, and he was like, look, I want a specific staff. I'm looking at specific guys, guys that he said uh, in our interview that he'd either worked with, he'd been around, he had seen, he had watched, uh, and that's uh, that's who he got out. I, and I wish I would have asked more specifically. I really sucked at asking the question, go figure. But I wish I would have asked more specifically about Chucky Keaton. Like, what what spotted... What caught his eye about Chucky? When did he see him? How was it like? What was the conversation like? Um, I know I heard Chucky say that he had he was offered the job just a few days ago, uh, and you know he took some time to think about it. But then obviously, you know Utah State means something to Coach Keaton, uh, and uh, if I remember hearing right, uh, Coach Anderson was uh, he could feel the excitement when Coach. Keaton said that he would take the job, that he could feel that passion and excitement and that love for Aggie football and, and to be part of Utah State University again. So uh, I'm excited to see Keaton back here. He'll be coaching running backs or tight ends, one of the two, or I think tight ends, if I if I heard right. So He seemed to, well, he, said it, he kind of said it could be one or the other. I mean, he's still trying to figure out his entire staff. Yeah. But that's something like that is what Chuck In that realm. Doing. Yeah, I but man, the the fast paced offense. So when we look at like circa 2018, right? When Jordan Love, Jalen Green, or Cravian Tarver, uh, God, who was the big back? Darwin Thompson. Um, we're just shredding defenses left and right. And I, I can only imagine. And I think we had, we were what one. I can't remember how many possessions we had where we scored a touchdown under a minute, but we were second behind Alabama, and it wasn't by very far. Can only imagine what. Coach Anderson and this staff is going to put together to make sure that this thing is flying by the seat of its pants, running like Mach 9 hair on fire, an offense that's ready to score at every single possible second. That's it's going to be fun for Aggie Nation to watch. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, I was particularly interested in his uh, defensive philosophy, too. I mean, we've seen the numbers, uh, his teams regularly rank very high in offensive output. Um, but um, you know how does he how does he do defensively? And uh, we've seen that um, in years past when Utah State's had this high octane offense, they've also had a good aggressive defense too. But they don't do it at the expense of their defense, and I think that's still important in a lot of Aggie fans' minds uh, to still have a solid aggressive defense. So, um, really impressed with some of the things that we heard there from Coach Anderson. I'm excited. Yeah, and you know what I. I'm glad he talked about uh, you know some of the personal reasons for for making the move, um, but it's not just personal reasons. Um, he he clearly sees Utah State as a place where he can succeed and win, and uh, maybe even help uh, be a little bit higher profile. Yeah, but I also think he's not here to use this at a use this place as a pedestal, you know, or a trampoline to jump onto a greener pasture. I like it. You listen to him in his press conference, and maybe I'm just looking at the rosy picture of things, Eric, but you listen to him in his press conference, you listen to him in this interview that we just did, 
guy wants to be around, and he wants to create something special, and he wants to build it, and he wants to see players succeed in it, um, not only on the field but off the field as well. And in a place that, in a community that really does emphasize family and football and faith and fun, man, I just I feel like he he has um, a touch uh, with this place and the valley um, that he wants to be here and he wants to see things grow. And that's that's awesome. That's I feel like this is gonna be another home run hire for uh, Mr. Hartwell and the uh, Utah State Athletic Group. This is. Pretty cool. And by the way, this is a name that, I mean, as rumors were swirling, that never came across anybody's screen. Yeah, they did a really pro- a very good job of keeping this under wraps. If I could keep secrets like that, man, like that well, I'd be like working for the FBI or something. I don't know. I'd just be <laughs> doing something really cool. Hey, well, this was an exciting day. There was one disappointing aspect of it for me, uh, just that uh, there was a missed opportunity, I believe. Um, it, Frank Miley has issued a statement. Noel Cockett has issued a statement. Frank, uh, but Director of Athletics John Hartwell has has kept you know very quiet on this whole controversy over these last several days. Uh, just that could have proved fortuitous. He had everybody's attention uh, and uh, but chose I- not to say anything. I understand he's in a very difficult situation. You say it one way and. You could be alienating the team, and you could go another way, and you're alienating your boss. Um, but uh, the person who ultimately hires and fires you, uh, the institution. So he's he's in a very precarious situation, but he was on the call. And I guess maybe I'm more upset with other media people who were there that didn't ask, at least ask the question but of he, him. Here's but the thing, though. I, I'm just I, I, disappointed that wasn't brought up or addressed If I could play like, the devil advocate side of it... Um, President Cockett is the alleged is allegedly the one who said those things on that conference call. Yes. So I and so so two things respectfully to you. Um, one, like I mean, this is an introductory press conference for Coach Anderson, and I think we want to like we've been through so much of the mud and the yuck and the guck over the weekend that we have something fresh. It's a brand new football coach, a brand new era of football. Chucky Keaton's coming back. Um, a guy who loves, who wants to be a part of the community, and I think that's where the focus should be, not on what just happened over the weekend. And, and that's that's a very valid point because today is is Blake Anderson's day. Yeah, and then but secondly. Um, I also feel like, you know, if, if it's President Cockett, the one that's being allegedly, you know, that said something or whatever it was that happened on that Zoom call, I think she should be the one to speak, not Mr. Hartwell, because, I mean, was he on the phone call? Was yes. He, well, and I guess that's... I mean, but it's President Cockett's comments. I think we should be asking President Cockett, not President or Mr. Hartwell. <laughs> well, uh, and I get that. And I, I, I'm not... I don't want to try to make this any worse than it already is, but... Um, the players released a statement over what was said in that call. President Cockett released a statement over what happened during that call. There's one other person who was involved who either did not correct or, you know, stand up for uh, or clarify a, a statement. But what did so, he have to clarify, though? Well, either <laughs> you just let it pass, and so it's, you know, you don't think it's that important to clarify, and so it may be that illustrates a similar position. I don't know. I'm not Yeah, no no, I this is I got speculation you. and I'm not trying to you know paint too much into this, but I'm just a little surprised that we and I he probably won't. And if you know what, he probably shouldn't let the independent investigator do their job. There you go. Yeah. Um but 
just there was a public opportunity for something to be said, and yeah. nothing was said. But, so I was a little surprised, a little yeah. disappointed that that it was kind of glossed over and acted like yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's. I mean, I, I think it's in the back of everybody's mind. I mean, this weekend was just full of of just crazy things going on. But um, I think everybody looked forward to just hearing from Coach Anderson. Like that's who everybody wants to hear from Coach Anderson and and what he's got to bring to the community and the football team and and uh, you know the way he's thinking offensively, defensively, his staff and all those other things and the whole Frank Miley situation or uh, the the Zoom call situation um, and and those story. I, I I think you're right. I think the independent investigation will bring out whatever information we need from that and we just yeah. let it handle it but today I agree. is Coach I mean, those, Anderson's day. I, I agree. Those are very serious allegations either that are inappropriately made or were said uh, about religious or cultural bias. I mean the today's day you can't say that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um so anyway, I that's I don't want to belabor the point. Today is Blake Anderson's day. That was just one little thing that Hey, can I ask you really quickly? Uh, the offense, like the style of the 2018 circa crazy go wild offense, free flowing. Um, do you think it can work with some of the talent we have, like with Peasley at quarterback? Or do you got to maybe look out? Because I love Peasley. I really do. I love what he can do. I love the skill set he brings arm, footwork, ability to read and run, make the right decisions. I think he could be really good with the right talent around him. Do you look forward to an offense like that, or do you maybe say, "Can we, can we just have a pace to it?" You know, where we are eating up clock. And I mean, what's your thoughts? Well, I, I think that Andrew Peasley could do that. I think he can. Uh, either the pass is is there, or you know, he's got that run pass option. Uh, but for me, it's not necessarily the quarterback; it's uh, the wide receivers. You know, who does he have to throw to? Does he have guys that can qu- quickly run their routes? Get open yards after after catch, um, you know, post up, you know, make make themselves easy targets for him to get the ball to. So, I, I think that he can, um, and I think that there's we have to find out what's the situation with running backs yeah. for this upcoming year. Yep, that's I think a big that, one. That's a big question, but uh, I think the wide receivers have shown flashes that they can do that. But there just needs to be more consistency. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. And again, you need to find a defense that's going to be able to handle, you know, being on the field for five or four or five minutes, being on the sideline for 35 seconds, having a touchdown score, getting back on the field and doing it all over again. It's it's going to be a fast-paced offense. I look forward to that. Uh, speaking of fast-paced, yes, nine three one five text in. I was totally surprised. He said he wants the offense to be faster than was the last year of Matt Wells. How fast would that be? Well, again, and I can't remember what the total number was um, of possessions that they had behind Alabama that they scored a touchdown in less than a minute. But, dude, they were second, and it was by single digits behind Alabama. Scored touchdowns under a minute. I don't know how much faster you can get. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Utah State had a lot of scoring drives. It took them one minute or less. Yeah. Um. So yeah, how how fast would that be? What is that pace? I I don't know. Um, I, I, like he I said, clock though, it. But if you're, you're going to go to the bathroom during a possession where they had the ball, hold it <laughs> and just wait. That's right. Wait for a media. It's only going to take thirty seconds, and then you'll be back at a media timeout after a PAT field goal. All right, another timeout here in the full court press. Uh, let's get to our pick six. Let's update the six things that happened over the weekend that we tried to predict. Please uh, say I won. We'll see. Please say I won. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Coming up next here in the Full Court Press. <laughs>
a full court press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Hey, you know, full some, court press. Some people never change. Like Sam Merrill scores his first points. And then, the, you know, an NBA reporter asked me, you know, what was it like to get your first points in the NBA? Uh, fourth quarter. Uh, preseason game. Preseason game, really late. There's no one here. There was no one here. No one cared. But it's good to get it out of the way. Like, Sam! Well, his, his quote is, I didn't try and keep the game ball or anything. Like, <laughs> come on, dude. Act like you give a crap. Like, try. Oh, he was He was just, he did he did. He did care. Oh, he didn't. He was being playful. I bet someone brought the game ball into him. He's like, I don't want it. Give it to. <laughs> it's a preseason game. Give it to the mascot. Look, he's a gamer. He's like, he recognizes it's not that it's not an important game, and it wasn't an important shot. It's a. What do you mean it's an important shot? He scored his first points of his NBA career. It, that won't count because it's preseason. Oh. Okay. Well. <laughs> Still, it was a step back three. It was saucy. It was a nice shot. Yes, it was. You should took the first open look, though. You know what? If he's going to be critical, I'm going to be critical too. Take the first open shot you had. Why are you giving it up? (laughs) Be aggressive for once, Sam. Uh, They play again tonight against Dallas. Oh, Luke is going to own him. Mistaken. Uh, He only played like seven minutes. Yeah, he played seven minutes. That was like second last least on the on the team. Yeah, I didn't get a lot of time. That's Uh, not good. So, talking about minutes and whatnot, scores, let's get into our pick six okay, this past okay, week. Okay, I feel like I won this time based on your reaction going into break. So, last week you were really excited. You were pumped up about doing pick six and announcing the results. This time you're like, we're going to pick six. <laughs> Can't wait. My name's, my name's Sam Merrill. I just scored my first points Am in my I career. Am I that transparent? Okay. So, one of them was uh, Mie Oni. He's... Uh, Young player for the yes. Utah Jazz. They, Saucy. They kind of feel like he could be a future 3 and D guy for them. Why go out and get a big free agent Why when keep you've got Tony somebody you're developing? So anyway, one of the questions were, uh, how many minutes would he play? And set the line at five and a half, which was a preseason game. That was a stupid line. <laughs> and I took the, the under. under. <laughs> <laughs> he played 25. Uh uh, you took the over. You were smart. Well, yeah, of yeah. course. Uh, San Jose State versus Nevada. The game was played in Las Vegas. Uh, major implications for the conference and who would go to the conference championship. Going into the game, San Jose was 5-0. and Nevada was 6-1. and San Jose by 3. I took the over. You took the under. San Jose won by 10, actually. 30-20. to So San Jose State is going to the conference championship game, Ajay. Yeah, repeat that. Really cool. I mean, San Jose State, going, and they're going to quote-unquote host the conference championship game. Yeah, we are definitely in Bizarro. <laughs> well, they will quote-unquote host because it'll yeah, be well, in Las well, Vegas. Did you not see my quotation marks? No, we didn't say did. where it was going to be. Come on, Eric. Uh, let's see, the next one, Bills versus the Steelers. Steelers have kind of fallen on some hard times here. Uh, Bills favored by three. We both took the under, thinking the Steelers might bounce back. Yeah. That didn't happen. Bills won 26 to 15. And in the process. What? What happened, AJ? They won their division for the first time. Oh. Someone new has won that division in like 11, 12 years. You know, it's like when Michael Jordan retired from basketball, other people had a chance to go play on the same playground now. <laughs> that happened in the AFC East. Enjoy it for one year because Tom Brady's coming back to New England next year. Wow. That's bold. Uh, BYU-San Diego State football. 
BYU by 17 and a half. Oh, fetch, the yes. line that was said, BYU did win, but they won by 14. Um, I took the under, you took the over, so I got that run right. So right now it's 2-1 to one for me. Please don't. Uh, the next one, LeBron James minutes in the Lakers versus the Clippers. Set the line at 12 and a half. We both took the under. He did not even see the court. Yeah. Yep. Zero. I knew that was coming. Minutes. So I've got three. You've got two. We'll come to, to our final pick here. Come on. Patriots at Rams. Come on. Turnovers. You I don't have remember more this. turnovers. I said Patriots. You said it would be even. In fact, it was even. Yeah. Yep. One of the best of the biz. So we tied 3-3. So it comes to the tiebreaker. Oh, crap. I what forgot. What was going to be the score for Utah State, Colorado State? <laughs> Didn't happen, so it doesn't matter. So, so it was we a tied. Tie. It was a tie. Thanks for the donut anyway. Okay, so you owe me something then. You want me to give it back to you? Uh, no. I already ate it. Yo, yeah, you're sitting there crying and moaning <laughs> over there. What this is a donut. <laughs> you don't even know if you, you were so lost. angry. I don't care. I'm sure I lost. I'm just going to prepay. <laughs> <laughs> Works every time. <laughs> Give you a leftover donut. <laughs> hey, that thing is good, though, huh? That was good. Dude, those are really good donuts. It's delicious. Yes, I could tell. It's all over your face and your shirt. Hey, you've got to run, but last thoughts from you about the Blake Anderson hire uh, and some of the other events from this past weekend. Uh, yeah, look, uh, this past weekend will be will be told when the investigation is done with whatever investigation is done. Uh, we'll I'll wait for that. In regards to Blake Anderson, stoked. I mean, dude, this guy is everything that Cash Valley needs, um, and it's everything that Cash Valley is defined by. And so I. I look forward to uh, uh, seeing Coach Anderson and his staff get to work, uh, recruiting and, and signing period and such. And um, man, fall kickoff can't get here soon enough. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for the spring. I hope these guys are able to practice and play, and that we can come see them in the spring to see our first looks of uh, what Blake Anderson looks like, this team under his system, and what those uh, coaches will have the players doing uh, in the spring ball. So. Uh, Ajay, thanks for coming in. I know you got to sneak away. Yep. We'll I'll see you tomorrow. Out here on the Full Court Press and some uh, additional thoughts and a lot more to get into next hour. Uh, both the drama with the Houston Rockets. We'll update you on that. How did the Jazz look in their first preseason game? They've got another one coming up tonight. Um, yeah, still a lot more to get into. Cleveland, they're changing their name of their baseball team, but not really, at least not yet. So we'll talk about that coming up on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio. The Fan. Eric Franson with you here on the Full Court Press. Uh, if you want to weigh in, I'd, I'd love to get your your reactions to hearing Blake Anderson introduced uh, as a new head football coach at Utah State University, 435-339-0321. Or you can message us directly through the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. Um, again, your your reactions to Blake Anderson, if you got a chance to hear him uh, earlier today when we carried the press conference live here on The Fan or the interview that we had earlier this hour. I'd love to get your reactions. Uh, 9463 texts in, feels like he's taking a page out of Chip Kelly's playbook at Oregon in those Marcus Mariota years. Fastest guys with the ball in their hand 
can get to the end zone faster than anyone else. Uh, good points. Yeah, and, and we know Utah State has some speedsters. Um, the, will they be back? Will they uh, come back? Will they be part of uh, the offense moving forward? Uh, and how do they? You know, how do other guys develop into those roles? Um, and uh, at the end of the day, you win games by scoring more points than the other guys. So it's a Important to have a good offensive philosophy that works and that doesn't overstrain your defense either. Uh, some comments from Coach Anderson earlier today uh, about that, um, uh, about his offense. And uh, kind of here's what he is to, describing his offensive style when he was introduced earlier today to the media and to the public at large. I'm going to tell you right now, don't go get something to drink in the middle of a series or you're going to miss the whole thing. You better go during media timeouts because we're going to be play faster than anybody else in the country on offense. So it is going to be an enjoyable, fun Saturday afternoon in a packed house with these guys working to win games. I talk about fast, physical, and fun all the time. We need to recruit speed. We've got to be fast. We've got to train fast. But we're also going to run a fast-tempoed pace of offense. We've done that over the last 20 years. We've been good at it everywhere we've been. We're going to continue that tradition here. So again, don't leave your seats. You need to be right there as the ball is being snapped. Ball is going to be in there. We're going to be very balanced. But we got to be physical. As pretty and as fun as some of the offenses are in the country to watch, at the end of the day, he mentioned blue collar. You must be blue collar, tough, physical to win championships. You've got to run the ball and stop the run. Doesn't matter how it all looks, you can wrap it in a different wrapper, that's fine, and we do. But at the end of the day, we've got to be the toughest, most physical, most violent team on the field on game day. And that's how we'll build our program. And it'll start in the offseason on January 19th when the guys show up. So I hope they're ready. That's what I told them when I met with them the other day. And I, and Fast and physical. Uh, violent with the football. Um, and that not just describes his offense, but also describes his defense and what he wants to do. So a really exciting day today for Utah State University. Blake Anderson announced um, certainly uh, comes in kind of at a strange time at Utah State. There's kind of a dark cloud over the program and the university right now um, over some of the things that transpired over the last week. But, look, it's nothing against Blake Anderson. And he's going to try to do what he can to try to move things forward in a positive direction with uh, with a diverse coaching staff, uh, with – uh, an attitude that that brings success back to Logan, uh, that he he recognizes that it's a destination that does have some history, that does have uh, winning culture, uh, has had some great football in the past, and so he's here to add to it, build on the strengths that already exist, and try to address the weaknesses. Uh, and many times during his press conference, and when with his time with the players as well, it uh, reiterated. Um, several different ways that he wants to keep as many guys on this football team who want to stay. That he understands that there may be some players who choose to leave. Uh, he doesn't hold them against them. But he wants to try to keep as many guys here as he can. He wants to, to build on the success and believes that there's already a recipe here that can be translated into successful brand of football. We'll have more from Coach Anderson, more of his comments coming up next hour, along with some other news of the day and recaps of the weekend. Stick around on the Full Court Press. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The Philadelphia Eagles needed to try something. With their season slipping away, they benched Carson Wentz for Jalen Hurts on Sunday. The rookie QB came in and led the Eagles to a surprising win over the Saints. His numbers were good, but that only tells part of the story. 
Hertz provided a jolt of energy that seemed to affect everyone. The run game suddenly returned. Receivers stepped up and made plays. The defense pitched a shutout through the first half and closed out the Saints in the final minutes. The irony is, this is New Orleans' formula. When Drew Brees is out, their D steps up and helps out the new guy. Sean Payton was 8-0 with backup quarterbacks over the last two seasons before yesterday. But it was the Eagles who rallied behind Hurts. we got a long way to go before we know what kind of quarterback he'll be. But after last night, Philadelphia Eagles fans have to be excited about what they've seen with Jalen Hurts and maybe what he can do the rest of the season. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. This year might look a little different, might feel a little different, but whether you're celebrating together or from afar, it's important to stay connected and share what makes the season bright. No better way to set the tone than with a beautiful bouquet of peppermint roses from 1-800-Flowers. 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, you can order the 12 peppermint roses. 1-800-Flowers will give you an extra half dozen roses and a vase absolutely free. Peppermint roses, perfect holiday surprise for the special people on your list. If you can't be there in person, you're going to get one of those virtual hugs. They're picked at their peak, shipped overnight to ensure freshness. Together or from afar, share the holiday magic and warm wishes of the season. 1-800-Flowers. To order 12 peppermint roses plus another half dozen roses in a vase for free, go to 1-800-Flowers.com. You'll see the radio icon. All you do is type in Patrick. That's the code. Once again, 1-800-Flowers.com. Ho, ho, ho. It's that time of year again when your friends at the Old Grist Mill will make you say yum, yum, yum. The Old Grist Mill in South Logan, Logan, and now Smithfield are ready to help you with all your holiday parties, coworkers, relatives, and neighborhood gifts. It's that famous one-of-a-kind bread, muffins, bagels, and baked goods of every kind. Don't forget that famous lunch special made just the way you want it. Be sure to get your special orders in now for the holidays. Best wishes and safe holidays from your friends at the Old Grist Mill, located in South Logan, Logan, and now Smithfield. The answer is... You're listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show. So this is a great opportunity for Jameis Winston. And I think this is fascinating theater because the only person that people think could maybe help or save Jameis Winston is somebody like a Sean Payton. So the betting on yourself worked for Cam. Now Jameis Winston bet on himself and he's going to get an opportunity. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. The home for Sports Talk Radio. KLGN Logan, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Tonight's NFL game at 8.15 Eastern Time. Baltimore at Cleveland. The Browns have won four in a row. The Ravens won last Tuesday against Dallas. Baltimore had lost four or five before that. This Thursday night on Fox TV, Chargers at Raiders. Jacksonville will start quarterback Gardner Minshew Sunday at Baltimore. Mike Lennon was pulled yesterday. The Lions say they'll wait to decide if quarterback Matthew Stafford with his rib injury can play Sunday at Tennessee. Detroit's first-round defensive back Jeff Okuda will have season-ending surgery. He'll go on IR this week, the team says. The Eagles say quarterback Jalen Hurts will start again Sunday at Arizona. Washington said quarterback Alex Smith's calf injury is still being evaluated. 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel is likely out for the year with a hamstring injury. The Washington Huskies are out of Friday's Pac-12 title game. It'll be Oregon at USC instead Friday on Fox TV. I'm Steve DeSager. 
The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's going on, everybody? Eric Franson here with you on the Full Court Press. Love to get your reactions today from uh, Blake Anderson's introductory press conference. Uh, the way that he talked about the football, the way he talked about the uh, culture and the community and wanted to come to Logan to coach this football team. Uh, get want to get your reactions to what he had to say and uh, what we had on uh, last hour. He joined us last hour here on the Full Court Press. We had a chance to talk to him and uh, go a little bit deeper on some of those topics. So, I'd uh, love to get your reactions to that. Feel free to text in 435-339-0321 or message us directly through the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. You can listen to us through the app and uh, message us through the app. Uh, so we've had some uh, good reactions so far, and uh, we'll get into more of those. We'll also get into the Utah Jazz at their first preseason game of the season uh, last Friday. they got another one coming up tonight. We will have that here on the Full Court Press, here on The Fan, I should say, uh, later on this evening. Um, observations from that first preseason game. Share some of those thoughts. And uh, college football bowl season. What's a bowl season look like? We've had some bowls canceled. We have some teams saying they don't, they're don't, not going to go. And now the NCAA basically saying you can create your own bowl game. You can do an extra game and just schedule another game if you want. If you don't get invited to a bowl game, just uh, schedule another game if you want. Uh, so who's going to take advantage of that? Uh, what's the situation in the Mountain West? Who's going to the conference championship game? So kind of some surprising teams, the way things have uh, sh- uh, shaked out in the Mountain West and who's going bowling uh, from the Mountain West as well. So we'll update you on all those things. There's news from Major League Baseball today, and there's news from uh, a college uh, in another part of the state, on the other part of the state, kind of dealing with a name change as well. So kind of interesting timing for both of those. So that's kind of the the agenda here for the 5 o'clock hour. But uh, feel free to chime in on any of those topics and we may shift gears a little bit based on uh, what comes in. But let's get right to some of the messages that we've got here. Uh, for, once again, 435-339-0321 if you want to weigh in. This is from 9474. Optimistic about the new hire. Love the energy. However, he is climbing an extreme uphill battle after what he has happened with the university president. Recruiting will take a hit because of that. Um it has that potential. Uh, it's certainly not a, a good look for the university and its administration right now. Uh, the board of trustees are uh, saying they're trying to deal with it um, and uh, trying to address it and take it seriously. But uh, this is a new coaching staff. Uh, and let's be honest, there's a coaching change. They're going to lose recruits just for that alone. Uh, other teams are going to swoop in and try to say there's uncertainty. You're not, you don't know how you're going to fit in with this new coach and this new system. But uh, we're a sure thing. Why don't you just come play for us? So that that happens. So um, and if, frankly, we don't know what, how Blake Anderson feels about the recruits that were already in Utah State's pipeline. So he may have a little bit different opinion about how they could potentially fit into his system. So there's going to be some changes here. It's going to take some time. Uh, but you're right, recruiting. Uh, These things happen and will get used against Utah State on the recruiting trail. Um, So uh, let's see. A couple other things. Uh, This is from nine three one five. I did like how he said he's he's how uh, said he's trying to walk a kid off the ledge and bring him back out of the transfer portal. Uh, 
Um, so um, it, uh, trying to keep the players at Utah State. Um, and uh, certainly that when you watch the video of his first team meeting that took place on Saturday, um, or no, it was actually it was Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the a team meeting that took place where he was introduced and uh, he spoke to the team for a little while. Granted, we only see clips. It's not a full um, unedited video. They're just clips and there's portions. But um, the, the, it's interesting to see what he did have to say to the team, addressing not in great detail but what's going on right now, but trying to tell them, look, I, I'm here to, to work for you, here to try to make things happen. And uh, want to make sure that you know you have a place with the with this football team. So trying to make them feel comfortable that they uh, can stick around. And he made it very clear on Sunday in the team meeting, in his press conference today, and with us uh, last hour, that he wants as many of the current football players to return. And uh, he wants to work on the, the strengths of the team and address some of the weaknesses. So um, he doesn't want to come here and wholesale clean house. He wants to work with what's here and believes that there are opportunities here for uh, for this football team to succeed. Uh, another comment from 9315. Sounds like a Craig Smith with the Gata attitude. Uh, yes, <laughs> there is some of that. Uh, play fast, physical, aggressive, get after it, um, and be violent to the football. I, lo- I love that term that was said multiple times uh, today from uh, Blake Anderson. So... Uh, just some of the uh, reactions so far to his announcement. Uh, if you missed it earlier today, we'll play some of the clips uh, from his introductory press conference. And you can go back on our website a little bit later on this evening, and you'll be able to hear it in its entirety uh, from his press conference earlier today. And then when he was on with Ajay and I or earlier this uh, in the show last hour. But here are a few other things that he talked about. And one of the things that stood out to me is I've talked about uh, faith uh, family and fun. It says he wants to be fun. This is going to be a fun football team. And we're going to be fun. We're going to be fun to watch. We're going to be fun to be around. I mean, we have a blast when we work. So why not everybody have a blast being around us? The systems that we run, what we do offensively, defensively, is fun to watch, fun to be a part of, fun to play in. Recruits are going to enjoy what we do. But the fans in the stands are going to enjoy it as well. Certainly, a big part of that is uh, you know uh, high uh, high flying offense, high octane pace, uh, quick quick strikes. Try to be explosive, limit turnovers is a big key. But try to have explosives. That's a, a big part of what he wants uh, in the type of uh, offense that he's going to try to institute and bring to Utah State. What has worked for him at Arkansas State and as an offensive coordinator at other places as well, from uh, small institutions all the way up to Power 5 schools. Um, but uh, you know, one of the other things, too, uh, besides fun, he also talked about family and, and community, that uh, he wants this football team to feel like it's a family and that the whole community can be involved, and they want to be involved in the community as well. Family is huge to me. Obviously, losing people close to you makes it even more a priority. Maybe even my perspective is even more clear now than it's ever been before. So we're going to create family in every aspect of what we do, inside the locker room and out. We're going to be out and about in the community. I don't think family is just a football team. I think family is the local community. We want to do this together. 
We want everybody in the Valley to be wearing that logo and be in this stadium and be a part of what we do. So family and community, they go together in my opinion. And so we know we've got to roll our sleeves up in that area as well. Be accessible, be open, go speak, share our stories, share our testimonies every way we possibly can and have time to shake hands and talk to the three or four year old that knows he wants to play here one day. We've got to do those things, the high school kids, the junior high kids, the people at church and the people in the community. So family is going to be a pillar of what we do. And I love how he he went he took that a little bit step further when he was on with us last hour that um, they want to really connect with the community. Uh, and they want to be in the community and do participate in community events uh, and be seen, be accessible, um, and uh, make people excited to support Utah State. Uh, there have been times in the past where there have been people on the hill at Utah State that feel like just because they are associated with Utah State, everybody else should should, should fall in line and, and uh, hand over their money and just get excited just for the very fact that they are there. Um, but we've also seen coaching staffs and others that have been really excited about getting into the community and getting people excited about being connected. And people happily turn over their, their donor dollars, buy tickets, wear the gear, because they feel connected and this is what Blake Anderson really wants. It's that ladder to uh, attitude about being out there, not just saying, you know, we're here, so you have to support us, uh, but really being in the community, connecting with organizations and people in various different places, uh, on the street, in the grocery store, in the restaurant, and uh, trying to be more connected. Granted, it's kind of hard to do some of those things right now with COVID, but you get the sense this is, coaching, this is a coach and uh, it's putting together a coaching staff that's going to take that seriously and wants to do that. And uh, gave some examples of how he's been on street corners, handing out tickets, um, and have been in, uh, gone along uh, the, uh, the drive through lines trying to talk to people, get them excited about football, and, uh, signing autographs, doing what he can to get people excited and pumped and uh, to the game. So uh, certainly it's a, it's a positive attitude that, that uh, Utah State has seen in the past and could use again uh, moving forward, especially in light of some of the events over the last week. But at the bottom line, he's excited to be here. Uh, it was interesting to hear him talk about it was when I posed the question, you know, was this more of a lateral move for you? And, and uh, you know, he pointed out, yeah, we're both Arkansas State and Utah State. We're both a group of five teams. But uh, there were a lot of, you know, personal uh, tragedies in his life. Uh, he lost his wife. He lost his father um, over the last just few years. And these are very fresh wounds still and a lot of reminders in that community about his loss and about the pain it was associated with going through all of that. So it was time for a change of scenery. It was nothing against Jonesboro, Arkansas. It was nothing against Arkansas State, nothing against his athletic director or his staff or his players. It was just a, per- a personal decision to make the move. But uh, also knowing that he would go to a place where he could find success and still compete for championships. I'm familiar with the program, familiar with uh, just the tradition and history here. Luckily, one of my closest friends, Matt Wells, was a head coach here, successful head coach here, player here. And so I have uh, listened to him talk about this place and how, what it meant to his family, uh, just how much they enjoyed living here. I've watched the program win actually got my tail kicked right out there in that stadium not too long ago uh, as the head coach at Arkansas State. So uh, I feel like I'm pretty familiar with it. Spent four years on staff with Rocky Long at University of New Mexico. As part of my career, my very first Division I job was with Rocky 
at uh, University of New Mexico, so feel like I'm familiar with the, with the Mountain West. So when I say I'm excited to be here, I feel like I've got enough knowledge of the place, the culture, the tradition and history here that uh, I can truly mean it. Really interesting. Um, you know, he's you know, somebody who's uh, spent most of his coaching career in the South, in the Deep South, uh, but still has connections to the Mountain West uh, and uh, has made trips to, to Utah before uh, as a va- on vacation and as a professional capacity coaching Arkansas State in, uh, in Logan back in 2016. So there are connections there, understands uh, the, the facilities and the, the uh, surroundings and uh, what the history has been at Utah State. And uh, one of the things that he, he kind of reiterated, kind of touched on this, but uh, again, just trying to make the community proud of uh, you know wearing the logo and, and being a part of Utah State. We're going to make you proud. We're going to work hard to make you proud. we got to recruit well. we got to teach well. we got to get involved in the community and be part of this place. And we will, I will tell you, the guys that are going to come work with me, I said work with me, not for me. The guys that are going to come work with me are going to be guys that understand community, understand the size this place is. We're not in a place with a million. We're a small town. We're a small, small town community, very similar to what we were in Jonesboro. We're going to be out and about. We're going to shake hands. We're going to be at games. We're going to be at church. We're going to be at the restaurants in the community. You're going to see us. You're going to know us by face and name. And we're going to get involved. And we're going to come out and put a product on the field that makes the people of the, of the Valley proud, the alumni of Utah State proud, those people that have built these places. Uh, we know that we, we get to uh, come to work at a great place every day because of so much work from so many people. You can tell why he was a uh, uh, sought-after coach. Uh, he, the a couple SEC teams were looking at him, a Big 12 team was looking at him not too long ago. And uh, made a run at him to be their next head coach. Ultimately turned those down, those job opportunities down, um, but uh, decided to stick around at Arkansas State. Uh, and uh, the other thing, too, is interesting that uh, he felt compelled to thank uh, Utah State for still giving him serious consideration, even though he's had kind of a rough year this year. Uh, only 4-7 and seven this year. They've been very competitive in those games. They haven't been uh, dominated uh, they're very competitive in four and seven, a very good four and seven team. But still, uh, despite that, this uh, past year and the challenges uh, faced there, it clearly is a team with a, a good track record of success. And Blake Anderson, as a coach, great track record of success wherever he's been. Um, and uh, one of the things he wants to do with this team is to build upon the strengths that already exist. He believes this is a team that it, sh- it shouldn't take long to be back. Uh, high at the top of the Mountain West and competing for championships. Our plan and our goal is to come in here and roll our sleeves up day one, find out what we've inherited, where the program, what, 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 what level of adversity are we dealing with, where are our strength, where are our weaknesses. We want to build on the strengths. It's not all broken. This place has been good for a long time. There's been some bumps in the road, no telling what COVID did to this particular team. So we want to find out what our strengths and our weaknesses are. We want to build on the strengths. Uh, we don't want to just come in and change everything. Build on the strengths. Something I learned there as a head coach. And then we want to obviously affect the weaknesses as quickly and effectively as we possibly can and be efficient as we go about doing it. So we're going to build on the success and the tradition of the past. And this football team, current football team, uh, the players that are here, um, they have some yeah, really tough decisions to make. They want to stick around. This new coach, this new coaching staff, and uh, be a part of 
kind of this new new era of Utah State football or time to move on and try something different. Um, but uh, look, this this coach, his experience and who he's going to have on his staff has me excited, frankly, uh, to to see what they're going to look like. Um, you know, talk about his staff. One of the f- definitely a familiar name that's going to be a part of it is Chucky Keaton, former quarterback at Utah State University. Uh, he was um, a graduate assistant at Oregon State. Um, he f- went to uh, Texas Tech, uh, where he was uh, under Matt Wells and his staff, and now he's coming to Utah State. Uh, and uh, Blake Anderson talks not just about uh, Chucky Keaton coming back, but some of the other uh, coaches. He has already committed, or they're already here in Logan to be part of his coaching staff. A few others that he has in mind that have committed to him to come here, but because their teams are still involved in football and bowl games, out of respect for their current situations, he's not naming them yet. But uh, it's pretty exciting to see what the type of staff that Blake Anderson's putting together to come to Utah State. Probably the most exciting part for me right now is the staff that I'm going to be able to assemble here. They've given me a pool where I can go out and hire some of the best coaches in the country. And the list of people that want to be a part of the staff is very, very long. And I have been very deliberate and very intentional about how I put this staff together. Uh, I think it's, uh, we talk about the things I've done, my accolades. I'm only as good as the people that work around me. I have gotten here because of the guys that have lifted me up and worked their tails off to get me here. And some of those guys are with me today. We're going to have people that bring great systems, great teachers, great you know, just experience throughout all levels, power five and below, going to be on the staff. We'd have great people, great husbands, great fathers, people that you'll enjoy being around in the community, people you'll, you, would, you would love to have your kids play for, people that, I, that are going to treat them with compassion, love them, care, and teach them. But maybe the biggest thing and maybe more important this day and age than ever before, it's going to be one of the most diverse staffs in the country. It is going to be diverse in every way, cultural, racial, uh, just every background possible I want to have represented on our staff, just like is represented in our locker room. And with all this going on in our country, obviously for hundreds of years, but what's been at the forefront in our, in our country over the last couple of years and recent months? We talk about being a change and showing a change and doing things differently. The only way to do that is be an example and step up and actually do it. And I'm not absolutely certain, but I, I think I'm close. We may be the only team in the country that will have minority leadership as a head strength coach, as the offensive coordinator, and the defensive coordinator positions. All three positions will be held by minority coaches. And basically every cultural background, every ethnic and racial background will be seen on our staff as well when you look from top to bottom. I want our kids in the locker room to know I'm not just talking about equality, not just talking about inclusion, not just talking about cultural uh, equality and, and, and bringing everybody to the same page and diversity. I want them to see it. And that means I have to step up and do it. And every piece of our staff is being put together that way. And that's, to me, that just excites me that we can do that here and they've given me the opportunity to bring those guys in. There'll be some guys uh, retained in different areas, but there'll be a lot of new faces. Uh, I've got a few of them here today, just real quickly. I want to introduce a couple of them. Dave Roberson will be the director of player personnel. He'll be, he came with me, spent seven years with me at Arkansas State, did a great job, uh, has spent time at Penn State. We were together at Southern Miss as well. And so he'll be responsible for 
helping us build the recruiting base and the personnel of our football team because it's all about recruiting and de development. We want to win championships. It's de recruiting and development. Kyle Cephalo will be coming in coaching wideouts. He'll be the pass game coordinator. Kyle's also coming from Arkansas State, been with me for basically the last seven years. And if you look at our wide receiver numbers and our pass game numbers, this year finished third in the country. The last couple years, Belindikoff Award finalists and guys going to the NFL, wideouts are going to want to play for that guy right there. Next to him is Nick Perimsky. Nick Perimsky will handle our special teams duties. He was with me uh, the last few years there at Arkansas State as well, done a great job on the defensive side of the ball. Ethan Morris, right next to him. Ethan Morris is a young guy on his way up that did basically everything I asked him to do. And he's one of those guys that I started thinking about when that plane's gonna take off, how in the world am I gonna leave this guy behind? He doesn't really know what he's gonna do for me, and I don't really know what he's gonna do for me yet, but we're gonna figure it out as we go. I know this, whatever I ask him to do, he'll do it better than I would've done it myself. And that's why I want him here. The last guy really needs no introduction because everybody knows what he looks like and knows what he did. It makes me absolutely fired up to bring home one of your very own, one of the best players to ever play out in that stadium. I mean, when you could talk about bringing back uh, uh, somebody that everybody in the community, we went to eat the other night and everybody recognized him. They all want to take pictures with him. Mr. Chucky Keaton will come back, be coaching with us on offense at either the running back or tight end position. And when I called Matt Wells about potentially hiring him, he could not stop talking about what kind of coach he is going to be in his, in his uh, career and his future. Just unbelievable. And when I called him, the excitement that I heard from his voice just made me even more excited. This is perfect. It's been great to have him in the room already. And the way the kids are going to respond to him, the way the community responds to him, and the Aggie Nation responds to him is one of the biggest steps of us getting right back where we all want to be. Um, Bringing back one of your own is always huge. So there it is. That's uh, Blake Anderson describing his coaching staff as it's coming together. Um, he uh, listed a few names. Uh, really only a few of them are, are, are identified position coaches. And so offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator is not yet known. Um, the uh, strength and conditioning coach has not yet uh, been announced. Um, but uh, Kyle Cephalo, Wide receivers coach, passing game coordinator, who was with him a long time at, at Arkansas State. Uh, had a tremendous success with wide receivers there. Uh, great, uh, I mean, great resume in what he's been able to do with Arkansas State and with their wide receivers. Uh, Nick Peremsky, focusing on special teams. Ethan Morris, sounds like a, a, a young wonderkind, <laughs> will do whatever the coach asks. Doesn't have a specific assignment just yet. Uh, so just kind of waiting to see, in my opinion, probably waiting to see what the rest of the staff looks like and plug him in where those uh, wherever it's needed. And then uh, Chucky Keaton uh, to coaching tight ends or running backs. Again, there's still some fluidity there as he's trying to put together his staff. Uh, and we did ask him, you know, is, he, uh, is he looking at current staff, who Utah State has right now on the staff? See, is he going to retain anybody for continuity, for uh, recruiting, and and just uh, deserve a chance to be here. And he says he is talking to them. Uh, he's kind of, and I understand, he says, we, we all kind of default to who we know, uh, but he definitely wants to uh, try to get an opportunity for somebody who's been on the staff currently to, to stick around and be part of the, the, the process moving forward uh, again. So who that is, how many that would be, it's, is, is unknown. Um, but uh, that staff is coming together already for Blake Anderson. All right, want to continue to get your thoughts, your reactions to the press conference today. Blake Anderson being officially introduced to the public 
I want to get your reactions, 435-339-0321, or message us directly through the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. The new home for the full court press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Hey, by the way, happy birthday, Coach Craig Smith. And it's his birthday today. Uh, Aggies will not be playing tomorrow. That game against Dixie State got canceled. Uh, expect to hear something very soon about a, an additional game on the schedule that could be played later this week. But the game against Weber State got canceled. The game against Dixie State got canceled because of Bit of a COVID outbreak on the Utah State basketball team. So uh, hopefully things back to normal enough and the Aggies can get back to playing this weekend. Uh, but uh, when we find out anything official, we'll pass that along and let you know. Uh, the big news today with Utah State football announcing Blake Anderson as their next head coach. In kind of related news, uh, we heard uh, Blake Anderson refer to Matt Wells, that he's a very close personal friend. Chucky Keaton was on Matt Wells' staff, and he's coming to the Aggies, coming back. Um, and uh, that, I, that's really exciting. I'm super excited for Chucky Keaton for that transition to come back to Logan. Uh, fans are definitely going to recognize him and his contributions in an Aggie uniform. Uh, but uh, I was shocked today, a little surprised, to be honest, to hear the news that Matt Wells uh, lost another member of his offensive coaching staff, and that was uh, Coach Yost. Uh, he let him go. Coach Yost got fired, um, and uh, I, I know there's been some. I've heard some discontent that's rumbling out there with Texas Tech fans. Uh, what's going on? But I'll be honest. I thought if there was a coordinator that was going to go, it would probably be Patterson with the defense. Um, but uh, Coach Yost is uh, is out uh, at uh, Texas Tech. So uh, where he will land, I don't know. Certainly, we have fond memories of what he did for the Utah State Aggies. But Texas Tech, looking it up, they were ranked 37th nationally with their offense. So, it's not like they were horrible. So, a little surprised at that news today. And that's uh, that's too bad. I'm a fan of Coach Yost. Um, so, uh, hopefully, he lands on his feet. I don't think he'll be unemployed very long, but just has to find the right place. Uh, so anyway, that's a little bit of news to pass along. Uh, college football in the Mountain West, some surprising finishes. And we'll get to uh, this week in the Mountain West here in just a little bit. But um, just to see where things are as the regular season has now come to a close, uh, I'll be honest, I never would have seen this coming. The way that the Mountain West season closes, that, that you've got San Jose State on top as the, the top team in the Mountain West at 6-0. and oh. Uh, Boise State's 5-0 and in conference, 5-1 uh, and overall, but because San Jose played one extra game, statistically they are the higher-ranked team, the better win percentage. So San Jose State is technically the host team for the Mountain West Conference Championship. Problem is it, that game will not be played at San Jose because of current uh, protocol in place in their county with their local health department. So that championship game between San Jose State and Boise State is going to be played in Las Vegas. Now, the uh, Sam Boyd Stadium was supposed to be like 
empty and not even used anymore, but they've had a pretty busy year with uh, New Mexico using it as a de facto uh, home base for several weeks, and San Jose as well. Uh, and it will host the conference championship game coming up uh, this weekend. So, um, yeah, very interesting to see how that played out. Now, several teams in the Mountain West are bowl eligible, and it looks like they are going bowling. Uh, some bowl invitations have already been extended, um, and uh, one of those is, uh, well, whomever wins between um, Boise State and San Jose, it's already been predetermined. Uh, the the uh, L.A. Bowl was canceled. That's where they normally would have sent the conference champion. So instead, the uh, Arizona Bowl is going to take the winner of whomever wins the conference championship game. So they're going to the Arizona Bowl. So it's either Boise State or San Jose State going there. Um, and a couple other teams uh, are going bowling. And uh, we'll, we'll get through those uh, uh, a little bit here as we go along. But it uh, looks like uh, Nevada, they're going up to the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. They will face Tulane. Um, so that's uh, that's where they're headed. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Hawaii also got an invite. Yes, they're going to the New Mexico Bowl, which actually will be played in Frisco, Texas. Uh, so that will still be on December 24th. And the uh, by the way, the... Um, the Nevada game will be on December 22nd. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl will be on, on uh, December 22nd at uh, 1.30 hour time. Uh, by the way, BYU uh, got an invite. They're going to Boca Raton Bowl, and they will face UCF, uh, Central Florida. So some of the teams of note from our area. Hawaii, by the way, will face Houston uh, on Christmas Eve at the New Mexico Bowl being played in Frisco, Texas. So a few other Bulls uh, haven't announced their matchups just yet. Um, and is there a chance that other Mountain West teams could go bowling? Uh, yes. So we Certainly whoever doesn't win the the uh, Mountain West title game is going to go somewhere. Uh, we just don't know where. Um, and there's a chance that San Diego State could possibly go somewhere if they wanted. Uh, and additionally, you know, the, the – uh, NCAA has said, look, if you don't get invited to a bowl game, you can schedule another game. You can make one more happen if you want. So it's kind of a weird year uh, in that way. Utah State's definitely not. Um, they're sending their players home. They're done. Um, a couple other teams are, are done with their seasons as well. But uh, there's a chance that uh, maybe Fresno could go bowling. Uh, they finished 3-3. Three and three, uh, But uh, San Diego State is the one team – in the top tier of the Mountain West for the season that uh, currently uh, does not have a bowl uh, invitation uh, as of yet, that at least not that I've been able to to see. So uh, we'll we'll still see if there's a, a chance it could go somewhere. But a lot of bowls have been canceled. Uh, about a dozen different games have been canceled so far. There may be a few more. And we got other teams that are saying, look, we're bowl eligible, but we're just not going to go. We're just going to call it a season and uh, wrap things up because it's really weird. Um, so that's, uh, that's what's going on with college football and the mountain West. We'll hear more about the weekend that was, but, uh, one nine, three, one, five texts in the good thing is we will have less of COVID issues during the conference play on basketball, uh, referring back to these games that got canceled, uh, for USU. Uh, you'd hope that's the case. Um, hopefully it wasn't too widespread. Although on the other hand, maybe you're okay that it was then, uh, not as many players can get it or be have those problems going 
forward in the future. Uh, we do know that there were four who missed the game against College of Idaho uh, a week ago, and then apparently a few others got it, a few other starters got it, and there's just too many players had it to be able to field a team to take on Weber State or Dixie State. So that's why those games got canceled. Um, I have heard that they're trying to uh, try to get Weber State back on the schedule somehow, if that's possible. Uh, and it looks like we've got a makeup game coming up potentially later this week. Uh, but uh, we're waiting to hear official word on that out of Utah State. But nonetheless, uh, let's find out what happened throughout the weekend in the Mountain West. The, the week, the scores that were, we had some exciting games in the Mountain West in the final week of the regular season. We do have a conference championship game coming up this weekend in Las Vegas. But here's Nate Kreckman getting us up to date on everything else going on this past weekend in the NC in excuse me, not in the NCAA. In the The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, the fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson with you here and uh on Jay, we excuse him. But if you want to weigh in on the news of the day, certainly big news out of Utah State Athletics, Blake Anderson announced as the new football coach for Utah State. Very excited to be in Logan to coach the Aggies to try to work on the strengths of this team and a plea for all players to stick around and give him a chance. Uh, it has nothing to do with uh, all the controversy of late, but just trying to do his job and move things forward. So, uh, we're impressed with what we heard today and how he's putting together his staff. We'll have more. We'll hear more staff announcements uh, when all these other teams that have bowl games or still playing games become available. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, Utah Jazz had a preseason game on Saturday. They got another one coming up tonight. We'll have it here on the fan coming up in the seven o'clock hour. Um, but did you watch the game? Did you watch the Jazz play the Suns? I get it. It's it's an exhibi- not an exhibition game. It's a preseason game. It doesn't mean a heck of a whole lot. You're running the the uh, bench players a lot, giving them a lot of run. But anything to stand out to you? A few things that did stand out to me. I was impressed with a few players, notably uh, Nigel Williams Goss. Thought he played well at the point. Uh, this new player. Um, the, the new uh, center that they picked up in the draft, uh, Udoko, Udoka, excuse me, as a bouquet. Uh, I thought he looked pretty good, moves well, big body. Um, you know, he was able to uh, grab some boards, protect the rim, you know, had three rebounds, two blocks. That was impressive. That was fun to watch. Uh, Mie Oni, I thought he played pretty well, 25 minutes off the bench. Uh, got to work on his shot a little bit more. I mean, he's moving around well. He's getting good looks. He just needs to see the ball go through the hoop. Um, but I'll be honest, I was shocked to see Boyan Bogdanovich play. I, I was being told uh, from all the press that we wouldn't see him and maybe not even until the start of the season. It might be January before we see Boyan Bogdanovich play. He played 17 minutes on Saturday. Knocking down threes, grabbing rebounds. Dishing assists and grabbing steals. Good to see him back again. So uh, I liked what I saw out of the Jazz. Uh, boy, a lot of three-point attempts from Utah. 41 three-point attempts. They're 41.5% from three. You know it's definitely a, a big emphasis 
to uh, chuck up three-point uh, shot attempts uh, for this team. But uh, they've got some rim protectors and guys down low that teams have to respect. Uh, so you can't just uh, um, uh, avoid what's going on in the post. you got the guys that can pop it from the outside as well. So uh, tonight they'll play the Suns again. Looks like Chris Paul is going to play. He did not play in the first go-round. Jay Crowder is not going to play. Um, but uh, you know, we didn't see Royce O'Neal, Mike Connolly. Uh, there's a couple guys who, who didn't play for the Jazz last time. Uh, who gets minutes this time? What kind of changes uh, do we see? Um, I don't know. I was, one other thing, it was nice to see Derek Favors in a Jazz uniform as well. So good to see him uh, out there in a Jazz uni once more. So we'll see them again tonight. You can tip off at uh, 7 o'clock against the Suns. Jazz won uh, the first one, 119 to uh, 105. Uh, Sam Merrill, he's in action with the Bucks, As we mentioned, he got the, his first action in a Bucks uniform um, over the weekend. Three points, seven minutes of play. Uh, the, the Bucks are playing tonight, playing the Mavericks. That game is starting at about 6 o'clock in Milwaukee. So hopefully Sam gets some more time, gets an opportunity to do something on the field or on the court. But uh, that's what's going on in the NBA preseason so far. Uh, there is some controversy at the start of the season uh, with this uh, What's going on with Houston? You know, John Wall, the the uh, uh, the Rockets make the trade to uh, to move um, <laughs> move on and, and get a little bit different uh, flavor with their coach, uh, their GM, uh, Russell Westbrook gets mo- uh, moved, and uh, we get uh, John Wall in his place, uh, and uh, thought, oh, he's going to be a good companion to um, uh, James Harden, but Harden is slow to get back to the team and is late to training camp. Now he's showing up, but acting like he still wants to move. He still wants to, to move on. And his first and desired locations are either Philadelphia or Brooklyn, but uh, the Sixers don't want to move Ben Simmons. So they're having a hard time putting together a package that makes sense. And uh, don't know if uh, Brooklyn will be able to either, but John Wall, you know, he's, he's out there trying to make a case for himself that, look, there's still going to be a good team, and what he brings to the game should make it easy for for James Harden to stick around and be part of his team. I feel like the way I play, um, I mean, at times when James is tired and he don't want to play and go get play, make plays for himself, I could be a guy to take the pressure off of him. And uh, that'll open up the lane even more for me when I get to run pick and rolls because with a guy like that that can score at all levels, they might not want to help on the weak side. So now I got a guy – Maybe Eric Gordon, Ben McLemore, Daniel House, or DeMarcus Cousin, or Christian Woods that get open shots. Um, I just look at it like we had a lot of open shots today. I mean, the first two games of the preseason, we've been getting a lot of open shots, and that's really just us moving the ball or me getting downhill. So just imagine adding another guy in James Harden that we all know what he's capable of. Well, it's uh, kind of a messy situation there in Houston. New head coach, um, a new situation there, uh, give an opportunity to a young black head coach who these guys really want uh, and, and talk a lot about, a lot of NBA players talk about giving these you know, type of people opportunities like this. And, um, and they're kind of sabotaging his success early on by not giving him a fair shot. But uh, apparently, according to some reports earlier today, uh, James Harden still is uninterested in sticking around with the, with the Rockets. Um, but his... Uh, Wanting to move on and wanting to, to get somewhere else. Uh, so not a pretty situation going on in Houston. Meanwhile, Jazz fans 
kind of giggle on the sidelines watching this all play out. Uh, another interesting story kind of developing today is uh, with a name change um, in a couple different locations. And we talked about Utah State. They had a game scheduled. It was supposed to be tomorrow against Dixie State. Uh, we're going to talk about them. They're in the news today. And so is Cleveland, the Cleveland Indians. Uh, both of them, both of those organizations, seeking some name changes. We'll talk about that coming up next here on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press, Utah Jazz. In about an hour from now, starting in pregame coverage and tip-off at 7 in Salt Lake City to take on the Phoenix Suns. 5763 texts in. Nigel was impressive. Glad to see Favors back in a Jazz uniform. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think that's uh, some question. If if Mike Connolly or or Donovan Mitchell can't handle point guard duties, who is somebody else on the roster that can do that? So uh, it's an opportunity for Nigel William Goss to uh, move into that role, play a greater role. I think the same goes to say with uh, Royce O'Neal. If he can't, if he's getting foul trouble or an injury, who steps into that that role? And I, I think that um, certainly uh, Mie Oni is trying to get into that. I, I think that the, this uh, free agent signing uh, that they did um, – with Shaquille Harrison, um, maybe you know doing a little bit of that as as well, um, but uh, trying to develop some depth, some greater depth with this team, while also having a lot of continuity from uh, the last year, which is which is great. Not a whole lot of wholesale changes for this Jazz team uh, for what they're trying to do this next year. A uh, couple of themes in in uh, in the news about names. Now, names have become increasingly important over the last year, especially. Uh, we've seen it become a, a bigger issue, a hot topic. Uh, and it's not just in the last year. There have been some teams, some franchises that have uh, been under a microscope for quite some time. Certainly the Washington Redskins, uh, have they've drawn a lot of concern over that name for many, many years, decades. And, and then this summer announced they are going to drop that finally, and this will be known as the Washington football team until they find a new suitable uh, nickname and uh, and um, mascot. So they uh, made that move earlier. Cleveland Indians, uh, they uh, they've been working on this for a little while. They they dropped Chief Wahoo logo. Uh, they tried to refer to themselves more and more as just Cleveland. Uh, but today they announced that they are changing their nickname. Uh, team owner Paul Dolan telling the Associated Press that. Uh, it, it's the that the team name that the nickname is no longer acceptable in our world. So Cleveland Indians will be no more, uh, at least in a little while. Not not immediately, at least. So they're going to have their same name this upcoming season. Uh, upcoming season. Uh, so it won't be until after the end of this upcoming season at the earliest. Uh, but they also announced that they will retain. And still sell, uh, retain those names and rights, and they'll still sell merchandise uh, with those logos and with those names. Um, so they'll they'll still do some of those things, uh, but um, there's they're not the first uh, to do that. As we've said, Washington uh, changed their name, um, but uh, who will they be now? What would what will be their new nickname? You know, they had a team that they were known as the Spiders. 
That was used in the late 1800s. Uh, some people are suggesting make some kind of a tie-in to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is located in Cleveland. So call yourselves the uh, the Rockers or something like that. But um, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out for both of those, the Washington football team and Cleveland, to see what new nicknames they adopt. Uh, Atlanta Braves, now they've been kind of uh, unabashed that they don't, they're not going to change their name. Uh, they uh, they are going to examine the future use of the tomahawk chop, however, but the the Atlanta Braves say that they uh, have been active and and have a supportive relationship with the Native American community for many years. Now we saw Bountiful High School; they dropped the Braves moniker. They voted just recently on that. Um, so there's been quite a few name changes recently, and and now also today we learned that the board of trustees for at uh, Dixie State. They're going to drop Dixie from the school name. Um, certainly there's uh, a lot of history and, and heritage with uh, some of the uh, that, that institution and what it's done over the years, but they feel like there's too much of a connection to the Confederacy and uh, what the Confederacy represented. So uh, there was an independent uh, consulting firm that uh, came in and did some evaluations, and uh, they're, they're going to drop Dixie from the name. Uh, I guess there were graduates, uh, reported uh, prospective employers that were concerned about the word Dixie on their resume. Uh, it's problematic for recruiting potential students who are from outside of the state of Utah. Uh, so um, they're going to do a name change. Don't know what it's going to be. Uh, Southern Utah University is already taken, so don't know what uh, they'll they'll end up uh, picking up in, in its place. Um, but uh, anyway, some name changes going on. But when it comes back to the Major League Baseball, uh, the last time a, a team changed its name, it's been a little while. Certainly, uh, Tampa is the most recent. Back in 2008, you know they were originally the, the Devil Rays, but in 2008 they dropped Devil. And some people thought that just wasn't appropriate, uh, and so they're just known as the Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, that was the last change in Major League Baseball for a, a name. But in the uh, National League, there hasn't been a name change since the Houston Colt 45s became the Astros. And that was back in 1964 that they changed their name. So uh, some of these are, are overdue. Others, um, I, I guess we just have to accept them as it is. Um, but uh, there's, they're trying to uh, be a little more sensitive to those who may be offended by some of those names. And for that uh, they are to be applauded for finally making those decisions. Anyways, that's going to do it for us tonight here in the Full Court Press. Be sure to check back on our website for the uh, press conferences with Blake Anderson and his interview with us earlier last hour.